And I think that's where the legacy part comes in is you're saying to people, look, what I want to say as one of my last statements is live generously. Give this, you know, you know how you hear the statement all the time, you know, you, you, you can't bring it with you or, you know, at the end of life, it all goes back in the box and all those things, like all these analogies and whatnot. Well, what if instead we said at the end of life, I can't take it with me. So what am I going to do with it? And wow, I can change people's lives. Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Shalane, and we're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite-sized ways. Joining me today is Tanya Princep, a member of the Advisors with Purpose team. She works as the Director of Planned Giving Partnerships, bringing leadership, creativity, relationship building, and management to the estate planning partnerships that Advisors with Purpose have with nearly 50 charities across Canada. Tanya and her husband, Chris, live outside Ottawa. She loves camping, traveling, cooking, and music, and is always willing to try a new adventure. So, Tanya, welcome to the Adventure of Podcasts. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Appreciate you taking time to be here. Food for the Hungry works along with Advisors with Purpose, and so we're excited to be able to have this conversation today. I also want to start, though, by just giving you an opportunity to answer the question that our Season 2 guests are all being asked. So if we could just jump in, what does it mean to thrive? When I think about thriving, whether it's thriving in your personal life or work or um, with your families or your friends, it always comes back to me about balance. It's really great to thrive in one area, but I think it's important that we look at our lives and say, how do we thrive in a variety of areas. And sometimes that means keeping things balanced and in pace. And um, so when Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm thriving, it's when I have um, some balance in in my personal life, in my relationships, in what I do in terms of activities, in my workplace. And when those things are moving forward, whether it's quickly or slowly, I feel like I'm thriving. Um, And sometimes we love the fast-paced things. We love the things that seem Mm. to be projecting so quickly. And yet, uh, I think for me, understanding that even the slow-moving things are really, really important and keeping it all at one pace. And when we're going to be talking today a little bit about generosity and, you know, how how do we live generously across that whole place? How are, am I loving generously? Am I giving generously? Am I offering grace generously? Am I keeping active generously? Mm. So all these things and in, in generosity in times of our lives. And that's, a, in my opinion, a way to a thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a great introduction to our topic because mm-hmm. a lot of what is really important in the work of Advisors with Purpose connects very much to generosity. Mm. So perhaps that would be a great place for you to to jump in and uh, let's talk about the joy of generosity. Joy of generosity. I have to say, uh, when I started working at Advisors with Purpose, which was about five or six years ago, I would never have said that this was something I was going to be involved in. I had done other work and hmm. with charities. I had done project management, those types of things. And so generosity was not 
let's just say my love or my passion. I didn't really get it. I understood that we needed to be generous in terms of our giving and wanting to help people and generous our time. I knew that, but I did not understand the depth of joy that can come from not only giving generously financially, because that's what people think about, right? When you hear generosity, you think, oh, people are Mm -hmm. giving financially. But what are we doing with our Mm -hmm. resources, with our time, with our interests, with our passions, with our gifts, keeping generous, you know, doing things generously across the board. And um, I think when we are doing that, it's what I was saying before, it's thriving. Uh, But there is a joy Mm -hmm. that comes from that as we give generously we often find ourselves the the um that sense of of peace that sense of joy that we have uh in giving mm-hmm. it, it grows in us and uh i think that's an amazing thing that uh we don't always uh, understand or when we haven't been taught it or haven't given much thought to it uh mm-hmm. we miss out we miss out, right? Because if we mm-hmm. stick only to, well, I give what I have to, or I want to, yeah, I'm going to, you know, spend this much time because I have to do it. We miss out on this incredible mm-hmm. joy that's available when we can do it lavishly. You mentioned when you started talking about generosity and joy, you connected it to starting to work with advisors with purpose. Mm-hmm. I think it might be helpful for our listeners if you make some connection there for us. And then sure. perhaps in that, you can even explain who are advisors with purpose and yeah. what do you do? Okay. Advisors with Purpose is part of the Financial Discipleship Canada. Uh, It is a ministry that works with Canadian charities to help people think through their end-of-life decisions. That's the very practical sense of what we do. We Mm. do uh, help people Mm -hmm. with their estate plans and helping them in thinking through their wills. Uh, Where the generosity component comes in is we often go in to... Uh, create a will, we meet with a lawyer, we sit down, we talk about, you know, the the P's and Q's of all that needs to be done without any thought mm-hmm. given to, can I leave a legacy? Any thought to, what do I want my will to say about me and my life? Is it mm. able to demonstrate who I was as a person and what I believed in and what I held dear? And so, um, and that's where that generosity component comes in because am I the gifts that I'm leaving to my my heirs or my children? Um, how do I want those to come across to my kids? Is it just, oh, I'm going to split them up and say, here you go? Or do I want it to include some um, statements about who I am and what I am uh, to them about um, how mm. I divide it? Do, do I need a trust uh, to take care of those who need that? Am I including people maybe outside of my family or inside, you know, or people who may have greater need? Um, am I including charity in that? What charities? Um, and so that's where that generosity component comes from, from Advisors with Purpose. And mm. But there's also very practical decisions that have to be made. We all have to make them. And Advisors with Purpose helps people think through those very practical decisions, and they can do it at a pace that they don't feel rushed um, like you might when you go to see a lawyer, right? You can take your time, think about it, look at your options, look at your tax strategies, look at your assets, look at your lives and have somebody look at them objectively with you and think through those decisions. So I need to say my husband and I have actually gone through this process. When I started working at Food for the Hungry 
And I came to realize that this was something that we were offering for free to Mm -hmm. uh, supporters and donors of Food for the Hungry. There was something within me that just felt like, I need to know what this process is. Mm -hmm. I need to know what somebody else will be experiencing before I can fully endorse it or recommend it. And one of the things that you just mentioned there, it's what brought this to mind, is the pace, Mm -hmm. the opportunity to give thought to this. I've done a lot of coaching in my life, and so I I really appreciate the value of being asked questions. Mm -hmm. And we were given thought-provoking questions to consider things for our estate planning that we never would have thought of on our own. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. guessing probably wouldn't have been mentioned by a lawyer. So I really resonate with that. Mm I am wondering if it would be helpful just even for you to talk a little bit more about what the value or the importance of will and estate planning is for people? Because I'm wondering if somebody might be listening and saying, well, you know, I don't really have a huge mm-hmm. estate, so what's the what's the point of even spending money to have a will done? Right. Great question. Anybody who comes across our material for Advisors with Purpose will say that this is for everybody. Everybody needs a will. Because even if you don't have a written one, something is going to happen with your stuff. And um, so it's Mm. really important that everybody has some planning in place. It doesn't look the same for everybody. Obviously, people with more complicated estates or complicated family situations may need a more complicated will or a more involved will. Some people who have maybe more simpler circumstances may only need a simple will, but it is incredibly Mm -hmm. important, regardless of where you find yourself on that spectrum, that you have something in place. Because otherwise, uh, you are leaving your family to make decisions uh, that can be very difficult. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of loose ends that people in your family then have to take care of, and it's more Mm -hmm. difficult for them. And so, what out of love and out of respect and kindness to your family and to your loved ones or to the people that are going to be left behind, it's important that you leave something and help them think through those decisions beforehand, right? So that they know exactly what your intentions Mm -hmm. were. Um, And things like uh, your power of attorney, you know, we all need to think about that. Uh, Our living wills, we need to give that some thought of what we want done and where what we want um, to have happen in our lives, our bank accounts, even um, things Tanya, like. Tanya, can I just yep. interrupt for a yep. second? Yeah, and, and just ask: Can you differentiate for us the difference between a will and a living will? Uh, yes, I am not an estate planter, but a living will is what you want to happen should dire circumstances. Um, happen while you're alive, whereas a will is something after death. So things like what okay. for your your health care, your things of how you mm-hmm. want things to proceed. That's your living will mm-hmm. versus something sure. that happens afterwards. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that just helpful to differentiate that. It's important to differentiate. I think that's a great great question. So I think that. Having even a list, um, if you've gone through the process, you probably would have had a piece of paper that says, mm-hmm. you know, encourage you to your Facebook uh, passwords, your banking information, where do they find your insurance, where do mm-hmm. they find your health card, where do you find those are things that 
if you've ever lost a loved one and you've had to deal with that during grief is incredibly difficult. And so what a statement mm-hmm. of love that we can give to our families to have those things in place for them. Mm-hmm. That- yeah, I think that oftentimes we don't think of it as with that perspective as it being an act of love and mm-hmm. kindness mm-hmm. to those who are left behind. But it, it really is. It really that, is. That process of, of grieving someone and then having challenging pieces of decision making to to add to that is mm-hmm. it just really complicates things. It complicates it, and oftentimes what then happens is decisions that we would never have made are made on our behalf. And mm-hmm. this way, mm-hmm. we are you know we are controlling our statement or what we are going to leave behind. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it does, and it also just seems so clear that if you have a group of people trying to make decisions on your behalf after the fact that that would just be ripe with the potential for conflict a hundred percent most people yeah. don't really want to no, leave that no. legacy behind no exactly no. and i think conflict is one of those things that you know even in personal experiences i think we could all say we've seen families in conflict after the loss of someone right uh with Mm -hmm. because of differences of opinions or differences of how things that they think things should go and so none of us want the people that we leave behind to be fighting we don't want that that's the last thing we want them to to be doing which really speaks to the idea of legacy what are Mm -hmm. we leaving behind so i create a will so that these questions are answered around what my desires are for my resources, our mm. um, estate pieces. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to do legacy planning? Because that feels bigger to me than just <laughs> being about a will. A hundred percent. So when we talk about legacy planning, some people might also use the word planned giving or estate planning, estate planned giving. Um, what we're doing is we're looking at what we have and we say, uh, these are the gifts or the the resources that we have here while we live. And how are we going to use them or how will they be used after we pass away? And what legacy mm-hmm. do we want to leave after us? And of course, uh, your loved ones can be included in that, whether it's friends, families, heirs, whatnot. But we also have this incredible opportunity to give to charities, to causes, to organizations that are having impacts on areas that are close to our heart. So uh, if it is uh, feeding the poor, if it's um, helping the homeless, if it's uh, in, a, in a church environment or a hospital or whatever it is that really is near dear to your heart or several things – we can have an impact with what we leave them behind. And in some cases, you know, uh, oftentimes we give and we donate and we um, leave gifts every year to different charities. And yet when you look at your whole will or your whole resources at the end of life and we think, wow, we might be able to give a gift that is bigger than we've ever 
imagined giving before because of good tax mm-hmm. planning, good tax strategies. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, when you pass away, everything you have goes into like a big bundle, right? So you're not you're not dealing with your right. cash flow. You're not dealing with the expenses of life. It, it kind of comes in this one big bucket or this one big jar. And so you can say to that to yourself, what part of this jar goes to my family? What part goes to my heirs? What part goes to charity? And um, Mm -hmm. it's an incredible eye-opening experience when you think about it that way. And what a way to say to the people around you after you leave to say, this was important to me. Being generous was being important Mm -hmm. to me. Um, This charity was important to me. This cause was important to me. And I think that's where the legacy part comes in, is you're saying to people, um, look, what I want to say as one of my last statements is live generously. Give this, you know, mm. you know how you hear the statement all the time, you know, you, you, you can't bring it with you. Or, you know, at the end of life, it all right. goes back in the box and all those things, like all these analogies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, what if instead we said at the end of life, I can't take it with me. So what am I going to do with it? And wow, I can change people's lives. Um, I can have an impact mm. on people's lives with what I give and what I have to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it speaks to not only um, the charities that you're working with, but also uh, the people in your life that witness it. Uh, personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started talking about our will to our children and we told them we were leaving in our will, uh, they were like, what? Why would you do that? And so we, we were able to explain about why we would want to do that. And in fact, uh, part of what we've done in our will, which might not be a fit for everybody, uh, but we have left a certain percentage for our children to give to charity so that they can choose Uh, where that goes and the reason we did that is we want them to understand we talked at the beginning about that joy of generosity that they get to pick Mm. you know and sense that joy Mm -hmm. of giving and hopefully we'll carry that on into their own wills and into their own lives Mm, that's beautiful There was also a surprise element to going through this process with the advisor Mm -hmm. and that came out in the form of we, we have three children three Mm -hmm. sons, and the idea of having a fourth child called Mm -hmm. Charity. Right. And this was a new concept to us. Mm -hmm. This was something that we weren't familiar with. The the brief way that I can explain it and and give um, some understanding to it is that when our fourth child receives this charitable donation, fourth child being the charities, it actually has significant tax implications. And our children, our birth children, Mm -hmm. (laughs) are the three that we have, um, what they would or will inherit is actually minimally less by adding this fourth child called charity. So I've done kind of a, you know, a really short high level description of that from my own basic understanding. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you flesh that out a little bit and maybe help people understand that more specifically? I can. You've done a great job, actually, of explaining it. Um, and it, obviously, everybody's circumstances are very different. And this is not, um, you know, we can't give into advice. Well, anybody listening, we want to make sure that anything we're saying to you is not construed as advice, that it's important to speak to somebody mm-hmm. to make sure that you're planning well. But yes, when 
the Child Called Charity is a great little uh, picture of how you can give to charity very generously. With And it does, people always say to me, well, does that mean my children get less? Yes, Mm -hmm. you know, chances are they will, but it will surprise you that the difference, like you said, is quite minute because what you're doing is... um, you're, you're doing some tax stra- tax planning or using tax strategies because the end of life, mm-hmm. if you divide your will, there's going to be taxes due prior to the division of that will. And when you give to charity, you the uh, tax receipt, the charitable tax receipt that your estate receives can then be used to reduce the taxes owed. And then that goes back into your estate and gets divided amongst your children. And so, you know, when you start talking about... Um, uh, using a child called charity, like you said, it's very surprising that the amount that goes to charity is not just simply taken out of what you're giving to the kids. Does that make sense? It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of it is what would have been owed mm-hmm. in taxes. Um, and so right. anybody who uh, wants to look at that option, what I would say is uh, if you are one of the donors of one of our partner charities to talk to an estate planner and oftentimes they give that sample to you in your plan they'll say here's an idea of what a child called charity would look like for you um Mm -hmm. and because there are certain um investments or assets that are highly taxed right you have things like you know your capital gains on on vacation properties for instance rsps they're highly taxed at the end of life and so how do we plan for those do you want them to go to the government, or you may be able to redirect them to charities. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does, and it's very helpful. And it, it, probably if I had just heard you say that now, as listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. I would have been scratching my head a little bit because yeah. it it's just, you know, there's a lot of pieces in there. And that's where yes. I would really encourage listeners to be in contact with us at Food for the Hungry if you're interested yes. in connecting or directly with Advisors with Purpose because where we came to have that deeper understanding was when we went through the entire process mm-hmm. and we saw mm-hmm. how all of these pieces fit together yes. and all within this context of living generously and dying generously yes. honestly yes. that that yeah. really matters to me it it, it matters does. to us so yeah. i i really can't speak highly enough to the process that that we went through i am curious what are some of the questions that you most commonly get asked that um might be helpful to just address here for someone who's listening today in terms of estate planning questions that our estate planners get, like the, when you were talking about if you hear this, you know, you'd be scratching your head because there's no one size fits all. Everybody's family mm. is different. Everybody's asset uh, accumulation is different, right? Everybody has a different uh, things that they want to do with it or how they, they've run their lives in terms of financially or uh, in, in terms of the relationships. And so there's no one size fits all. Um, and so, and I, as you said, I'm not an estate planner, so I can't give answers to actual um, technical questions about RSPs and those types of things. But here are some really key questions that people do ask is one is, is it really free? And what's the catch? That's mm. I get we get that all the time. What is the catch on this one? Um, That's fair. 
That's a fair question because, you know, nothing's really free. Um, And here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We work with partner charities across Canada. So for those that are listening that are with Food for the Hungry, it is free to them if they are donors or supporters of Food for the Hungry. Um, We only work through our partner charities. And so, in other words, you have to be a donor of one of our partner charities to access our services, um, which is very Mm. important. And it is free. There is never going to be anybody that's going to ask you for any money. The other piece of that Mm -hmm. is there is no catch. We don't sell any product at all. Uh, And there is no obligation Mm -hmm. to give. That's the other one is, oh, sure, I can get this for free if I give a a certain amount to charity. And that's not true because Mm -hmm. not everybody can do that. There might be loved ones that they need to take care of. There may not, you know, that's why I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's not a one size fits all. So perhaps uh, giving in your will is not a possibility at this time, right? And um, Mm -hmm. so uh, that those that's a big question. Is it really free? And what's the catch? So there is no catch and it is free. Yeah. And you know, one thing that was really interesting to me is I obviously accessed the um, Mm -hmm. advisor because of my connection with Food for the Hungry, right. the advisor never once mentioned Food for the Hungry. No, no. There was no no specific mention of that organization. So I say right. that just to say there really genuinely was no pressure to give and no sales mm-hmm. pitch for any particular charity. No, right. None were mentioned. None. It was just no. a question of charity in general. So I really appreciated that. Yes, Yeah. And I think that's part of the comfort level, right? Is we want people to come in and understand that we're working for them. We want the best for them. We want them to think this through. And that would lead me to the the next question is how long does this take? Is this complicated? Do I have to lay out my life to a stranger, uh, you know, how long mm. is this, you know, is this going to be like going to a bank where they have a thousand forms? Uh, and what I would say to them is this, <laughs> is we work at your pace. Um, you yeah. reveal what you want to reveal, right? You give the info, you're the one that's providing us with the information. Uh, so you mm-hmm. give us the information that we need and that you want to uh, use for this process. Um Usually the meetings are about an hour each. Um, and, you know, some people do it in two meetings and other people take three or four, depending on the complexity of their situation. Um, it's very, and as you mentioned, it's not a, a pushy thing. It's very much about asking questions, helping you think through, mm-hmm. giving you time to read the plan um, that you, you that you receive, which is an actual plan that they get on a on an online portal. Um and so it gives you time to read that, to write notes, to talk to your family. And so, uh, and it's fully confidential. Um, we don't share any information mm-hmm. about your situation with charities or with anybody else. It's just between mm-hmm. you and the advisor. Um, so is it complex? Uh, I guess if you have a really complex situation, it might become so, but for the most part, it's very simplified. People, they talk in very normal language, Mm -hmm. very easy to understand, uh, and where you don't understand, they give you insight. So that's another very big common question. And the last one would Mm -hmm. be, and this is maybe less so now that the world is changing, but, you know, nobody has to come to your, they say, do people have to come to my house? Do I have to meet somebody? And no, nobody's coming into your home, um, especially Especially when you're talking about, uh, you know, either seniors or people with family, you don't necessarily want, you know, strangers coming into your house. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is all done by phone or Zoom. And so, uh, and that, you know, 
at different times of day. We have people, our advisors are from across Canada, but you know, somebody who lives in Vancouver may deal with an advisor living in Ontario because everything is done by uh, phone or sure. by Zoom. So those are the three ones mm-hmm. I think that we get most commonly. And then the one that we had at the beginning, do I really need this? And my question would be, yes, yes, right. yes, yes, you need it. Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. should go through mm-hmm. this process. Tanya, we are coming to the end of our time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that there may be some listeners who have questions. Please mm-hmm. feel free if you do have a question to email us at podcast at fhcanada.org so that we can either answer your question or point you in the right direction to mm-hmm. get you connected with Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanya, just practically speaking, if we have somebody listening today and they say, I, I want to sign up, I'd mm-hmm. like to go through this process, what mm-hmm. does that look like? How would they access these services? There are two or three spots, um, whatever people are most comfortable with. They can email plan at advisorswithpurpose.ca and that mm-hmm. would get uh, access our administrator who can get them started on uh, the process of in- setting up an appointment with one of our advisors. Mm-hmm. They can also visit the Food for the Hungry website and there are links there to, mm-hmm. a, to a calendar where they can just schedule a, an appointment right away. Um, again, it's kind of like when you book for your dentist appointment or your hairdresser's appointment. It's just a right. calendar there and you pick one and then we can uh, we communicate with you from there. Uh, we also have information on the Food for the Hungry website as well on a little bit more about what we do mm-hmm. and how it works. And from there, uh, we walk you through the process pretty um, specifically. So we would send you links to things that you need to do to prepare for your meetings. We remind you of meetings. We, you know, we walk you through very specifically what needs to be done. So you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be in the dark anywhere along the process. Uh, But those are your two Mm -hmm. best sources to get a hold of us and to get started. And we would love to hear from people. We are thrilled to... um, get people started on this journey with us. Mm, That's great. Well, I really appreciate this. I, again, just can't say um, enough thanks to your organization for the help that you have given my husband and me as we have considered estate planning. And I know I'm, I'm fortunate to hear of others as well who have really appreciated this opportunity. Mm. Is there anything final that you want to comment on or anything you want to say as we wrap up our time together? Anything I should have asked you that I didn't? (laughs) I think you covered all of it. First of all, you're more than welcome. If we can leave with anything is that if you are unsure or if you are nervous about this process, um, to not be. This is not uh, a Mm. sales thing. This is not a pushy thing. We want a journey uh, with you. On this, And so uh, mm. what we want you to do is to have a wonderful experience. We want you to feel good about it all the way along. And at the end where we have people like you, Shalane, who can say, that was really good. That was really valuable. That mm-hmm. was really effective. Mm-hmm. Not, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I'm so glad it's over. I, we don't want that person, that, <laughs> that, that response. And so uh, please, yeah. if you do have further questions, like you said, um, ask you and if you don't have like if we don't have the answers we will get the answers for you and to just start that process take that first step and this has been great thank you so much 
Oh, thank you so much, Tanya. Appreciate you being here. To explore what your next steps could be or find out more about Advisors with Purpose and what other Canadians are doing about poverty, start by checking out fhcanada.org resources.